Today's scripture comes from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey, tied, and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put, them, put on their cloaks. And he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Such is the word of the Lord. Had to cut off that uh, Easter candy? I know. Yeah. Um, good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And um, this is um, the beginning um, of our mini Easter sermon series. And, um, and so we have this Sunday, Palm Sunday, and then our uh, very own Amari Hill will be preaching Friday at the Good Friday joint service with our, our sister church, Hope. And maybe a couple other of our churches are coming. Um, and then on Easter Sunday, following that, I'll be preaching next week on Easter Sunday. And then we'll do a two post-Easter sermons because Easter is not the end, right? It is the beginning of so many things that I think we need to join our lives to as we go forward. <clears throat> so to get the fullness of the sermon series, for those who um, uh, missed this morning because they wanted to see what Tiger Woods would do, Tagaloo. Anyway, um, but just, just try to do your best to hear all of them in order. It kind of helps. So today we see Jesus going into Jerusalem and into the last leg of his three-year earthly ministry. And spoiler alert, this will end with his death on the cross, burial, and resurrection. So word gets out <clears throat> that Jesus is coming. And he rides on this donkey in, in what could only be described as an impromptu parade for Jesus breaks out. With him on the back of a donkey as its grand marshal, if you will. But don't be fooled by the word parade. This is not the Macy's Day parade, right? This is not the Rose Bowl parade. This was more like a black parade. In the city I grew up in, Charleston, South Carolina, we had two Christmas parades. The main one, the big one, right? And then we had the black parade. The black parade formed out of a city that was at one time segregated by Jim Crow laws and later by racial pressures. A black parade 
arose with the local black marching bands and businesses and organizations and churches and service groups and fraternities and sororities and, and black lodges and black bikers and black dancers and gymnast group. And unlike the main parade, got to keep it real, the lack of privilege and money and cultural benefits and all the police departments showing up at all the right places and times. That stuff would show up, right? In, in, in very stark ways. Sometimes people just walking around with all kinds of homemade banners. A lack of privilege and money. And sure, there was some really nice stuff and real organized stuff. But, but in the middle of it, you can see a, a lack of privilege and money, true enough, but not a lack of pride and dignity. So don't get it confused. And for me as a kid, going down there with my grandmom and granddaddy, a black Santa Claus, right? The kids would wait, a black Santa Claus, a Santa Claus for me. I'm not going to be forgotten this year, right? That parade said, I matter. We matter. This procession of Jesus into, into Jerusalem was the black parade of its day. Announcing God's salvation for people like you and me. In three ways I want us to see today. In that parade in Jerusalem, God through Jesus Christ was calling out our poverty. Secondly, he was calling out our dignity. And finally, calling himself the grand marshal of broken people. The thought that this famous event from the Bible was a display of human poverty was prompted uh, as I read the great reformed theologian John Calvin himself. In his commentary, he uses a word we don't use much anymore. In his 16th century vernacular, he called this entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem a mean display of the nature of Jesus' plan and purpose in coming. Mean means broke. It means poor. It means stink, right? It means ghetto. It means fabulous. It means kind of ghetto fabulous, rather, right? It means pulled together. It means rigged up, if you will. Jesus borrows a young donkey to ride and its mother, I don't, it, you know, there's two animals there, and, and we believe it's a, its mother to guide it through the crowds. And the Bible says they drape it with their cloaks. His disciples drape it with their cloaks. Y'all, this ain't really special. How does Calvin say it? It's pretty mean. Basically, they ain't got no saddle. They don't have no money for a saddle, no, no leather interior for Jesus. Heck, donkeys don't have sandals usually, right? I mean, saddles usually, right? Look, y'all, like, like the black parades I grew up with, Jesus borrowed, right, the one convertible in the neighborhood, right? You, you know, you got that one nice car. Everybody in the community uses for the parade or the prom queen halftime thing. You know, that, that, that one family that has that one good car that's shiny and they can make it. And that's all they got. And they put some paper streamers, no, some toilet tissue rolled up. 
I've seen it with my own eyes, right? They roll that bad boy and, and they put poster board on the side with duct tape and they sit on the back and maybe it isn't even a vintage sports car, but, but some off-brand, maybe not even officially convertible, what I call a made-a-vertible, right? <laughs> it looked last minute and real bad. And like I said, ghetto, fabulous, right? And Jesus, the Bible says, he rode on it. That donkey said, with Jesus riding on people's clothing as a saddle, this is the parade, and I am the grand marshal of poor and marginalized people. And speaking of the people, they ain't no better in this story. They fall right in. Look at verses 7 through 9. As Jesus coming in, they brought the donkey and the colt and put Jesus on them, on them, the cloaks, their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him um, and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You know why they use palm trees or palm leaves? Because they can't afford pom-poms, y'all. They, they can't afford beads or streamers from the, from the Oriental Trading Company catalog. Y'all, y'all ain't never lived like this. You know, they just took some bushes apart. It, it was just what was, in the, what was around. They're like, Jesus is coming. Oh, well, let's have a parade. What y'all got? There's some bushes over here, right? Let's cut some palm trees down and, and, and lay them down. And, and, they just, and, and if they couldn't find a bush to cut down or maybe too many leaves were taken off, the Bible says they just took off their clothes and laid it down before Jesus. They just took what they had. Didn't mean to get undressed got a little excited. You know the poor man's bouquet. No, I'm not just talking about that $7.99 bouquet, y'all, you know, get at the front of Harris Teeter. You know, you thought at the last minute I'm going to make my wife happy or my girlfriend happy. On the way to get the $9.99 six-pack, right? You're going to get the $7.99 bouquet. No, well, sort of like that. Like, kind of last minute and what you can afford. But worse, when you were a kid, that mix of super allergy-laden bouquet of, of bloom grass weeds and dandelions and whatever the neighbor who wasn't looking, their tulip and rose garden being raided by you could give you at a moment's notice. This is the palm trees for Jesus' parade, right? He's coming saying, I come to show you in my presentation that day that you are broke. I bring out and I come to expose and call out the hurt and oppressed people and the hurt and oppressed and separated from God in each one of you as well. I call you and I give you a secure and safe and sure place to, to, to not only have your pain and brokenness and sin drawn out by my powerful entry into the world and your life, life, I come so that you can bring that stuff out to me, right? To express it, to shout Hosanna, right? Meaning, save me. 
Real simple, no long educated response. I need you, Lord. Over here, come here to meet a broken person in need and made to recognize that you need what Jesus has to give us. You don't have the Luke account. We have the Matthew one here. But the Luke account says, The the religious leaders, the Pharisees take notice, the religious brass of the day, of this crowd gathering. And they get real curious. And they don't like this crowd. And they say, Jesus, could you please tell your disciples to be quiet? They're too loud. They they shouldn't be acting like that. This parade ain't uh, registered, right? (laughs) They just... Tearing people yard up, pulling branches, taking their clothes off. Jesus, I think we make too big of a deal about it, right? These are the sophisticated people. They don't want them themselves looking bad, you know, in front of the Romans. Their people out there acting stupid over Jesus. They don't like that. Jesus calls out both types of poverty in us, doesn't he? the impoverished by the world, the kind of obvious messed up stuff y'all are into and broken by, broken people and stuff, but also that part of us represented by the Pharisees that hates being seen and called and made to feel broken. That are embarrassed by what Jesus may expose in his coming about us as human beings. That we aren't good. That we aren't awesome. That our innovation in science and thinking won't save us, right? That in our pride, right? He's showing this, that in our pride, in our hatred even, of these poor followers, the kind of way we despise, you know, the way people act when they're so needy. You know, the way people act up in worship. I used to, man, it'd be so hard to sit beside my mama in church. Because the music we get good and whatever God was doing in our, thank you, God, Jesus, I need you. I'm like, mama, please sit down. You might need them. I don't want everybody to think I need them. Right? We get embarrassed when we see somebody else crying in church or, or taking too long or, or talking too loud or, or even somebody sitting there in a meditative moment. It makes us nervous. Why does it make us so nervous? Because we, we, we kind of have this, this, this feeling that, that, that by extension, uh, that their actions are reflective of our brokenness in some way that we are afraid will be exposed. One clear example of this, and word has gotten out to some pastor friends of mine of bigger churches whom I've talked to, that the, um, that the, the uh, camera footage of the shooting of a black man by a white police officer that happened at Betty's Ford Road on Burger King will be released tomorrow to the public. And I remember some of the responses last time. Look at these folk rioting. What's wrong with them? 
Why are they acting like that? Are they crazy? You know, you start to see they. And then they kind of become subhuman in our minds. Like, they, they, they act in so, um, what's, what's the word? They, they act so undignified. Marching down the street. Come on, people got to work. I'm headed to Wells. I'm headed to the Bank of America. I'm headed to one of the government buildings. I don't need these people coming in and messing us up over, over some shooting. Come on, man. Police officers are friends, right? Just get with it. Just deal with it. I heard a pastor say, and I remember communicating this the last time they would protest here over a shooting, that if you don't get it, it's not a problem with them. If you don't get human suffering that would lead a people group to march down a street, right? If you don't understand or connect with that type of desperation, then like the Pharisees, maybe you are separated and broke from the mercy and grace of God in some way. Maybe you don't know what it is to be desperately needy. To not have somebody champion your cause. To always feel like you're, 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 you're going to be the victim in whatever happens. To, to, to live like that. And, and, what, and, you know, we don't have to get into the legal technicalities. There is a real uh, brokenness in our humanity that some people in our culture, in, in society, communities, connect to better than others in certain situations. But what Jesus comes to tell us is this, guess what? This parade, my coming into this world is to bring the whole human race to a place where they see their brokenness and neediness and desperation, regardless of how many zeros are on their checks, regardless of what office they go to, regardless of what neighborhood they live in, you are broken and downcast and, and not right before God and you need me. you're in our denomination, and I chose to be in this denomination, right? Nobody forced me, right? I'm here. Kelly did. Yeah, Kelly did. All right. <laughs> Kelly was here before me. I followed you in. Man, there are some great, awesome things. Don't hear me trying to dog my own denomination. But people like me ordained in this denomination, and and you are probably, you know, we struggle with being broken, right? We want to know and be competent, right? Like, you aren't ordained to ministry and called and followed oftentimes, and this is not just ours, it's a lot of denominations that emphasize, you know, cognitive and you knowing the scripture and Hebrew and Greek and all that kind of stuff, that, that, that you're raised not because of your expressed need for Jesus. Hear me, not because you have a prayer life and praise life that says, Hosanna, I need you. Right, but, but, but rather, you're paraded as the leaders because you seem to have it together intellectually and theologically. 
And so guess what? We need Jesus real bad in the PCA, right? We, we, we need him to come in and parade on some ghetto donkey, right? To remind us of our neediness that we can't fix with theology and knowledge and all that stuff, right? That we go to scripture and we go to theology and we want to be orthodox because we are desperately in love with God. Because we've recognized how much he's loved us. You know, I have this, you know it's going to work it, and I have this Clemson garden flag. <laughs> you know, get, get over it, okay, y'all? Just, just, go on, man, especially y'all over there. Get over it, man. God blessed me with a lot of illustrations through my college. I'm sorry you didn't go to a winning school. Okay, I'm sorry. Hosanna for you, okay, Hosanna. Y'all need some help. But that's the point of the illustration. So, like, I have this flag in my front yard, and I walk out there to, like, look in the garden, you know, to look at other people's yard and feel jealous, right? Because the weed's up this high in my yard right now. You know, I'm, I'm going through a process. It takes two years. I'm rebuilding. I'm going to re... And I love when people drive by, and I'm standing beside that flag. National champs, two out of three years, right? We ain't riding a donkey, we rode the elephant, right? Sorry, Bama fans, but here's the deal. Is that, right, like, I want them to see my pride. There's a point here, let me move on. I want people to see my pride, right? I want to display my strength, because we winners. What if my flag said, Losers. Not dynasty, but damaged. You might not have thought about this, and I'm sure I didn't as a kid on Palm Sunday. And I saw an announcement about kids can get palms at the end of Sunday. You adults need to get some too. You know why I didn't think about this? But those palms that we give out on Palm Sundays and sometimes wrap up and put in our lapel, right, are an admission of our brokenness and spiritual poverty, of being crushed and manipulated and mangled by the world, Satan, and sin without Jesus coming and needing his salvation desperately. You understand what the palms are? They are the white flag, if you will, of surrender of our human power to change this world and ourselves and our need for Hosanna, right? For helping and saving and fixing and fighting and change that only Jesus can bring. That's what the palms mean. Let me say this. Every day should be Palm Sunday. And we should wave all that we have and are and aren't, any and everything we got, sometimes in immediate emotion and shout. You know, I was looking up the word Hosanna too, and it's just no direct translation for the word. It just means help. Ah, over here. Hey, right. Thank you. Hmm, you know, whatever it is. And we kind of need that whimper, that grunt that says we are broken and poor and sinners before God, kind of waving in the reality of our lives into our prayer lives, right? Into how we present and talk about ourselves to our community and to our children. Are we a testimony of Hosanna? The 
It says we are basically in how we live and why we call Jesus daily to be the king of who we are and what we do, waving not a palm leaf, but the white flag of surrender to and need of his lordship. And it's in that surrender and declaration that we are broken, that Jesus leads us in a parade in and towards restored dignity and redemption. Look at verse 9 with me. It says here, And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Back to the black parade, right? (laughs) Y'all, I'm going to keep it real, all right? At these black parades, you never know when it's over. You never know who officially supposed to be in the parade. <laughs> because the parade itself can be so among them with all the planning, and you know, some of the uh, us the Diddy folk, we got it straight, we got our registration in. Some parts of it still seem so last minute. So money, no money having. And it gets to the point in, all, in this parade of African-American local dignity and stars when you see Pookie and them out there. They ain't got no business. They ain't helping nobody. They just out there for attention, dancing around. Somebody brought a boom box, just doing their dance in the parade. They don't have no registration. Or even that person with limited abilities who's somewhere on the spectrum, we all know who they are there in our community. They and our family, they out there parading too. He and she has marched with the high school band as an unofficial member for 10 years now. Just joining in. No instrument, no uniform. Maybe they got one from 10 years ago that they found in the trash, right? They think the assistant band director helping out, right? Walking on down, right? This is the truth, y'all. In fact, we got the guy in the motorized wheelchair. I remember he used to give out pencils for money. He rolling in the parade. He ain't with the March of Dimes. He ain't with the veterans, the injured veterans. He's just out there being seen. But he and people like him just walking in the street. You think it's the end, right? But do you see something, the beautiful thing I experienced in that The end of the black parade and the way people are just joining in with Jesus in this passage is not the end or mess up of anything. It is the beginning and expression of dignity of those who are forgotten by the mainstream and by mainstream corporate and city living. Who are forgotten to love and and be loved by themselves and others, but who Jesus comes to call out to dignity and value and worth and attention. Jesus doesn't come to end humanity's parade, but he calls us through what he does for us to join in, just like we are, to come out of darkness and fear and condemnation and rejection and be able to walk with him, to walk and go where only he can take us and declare and make us beautiful. This was the first time some of these people in the city could actually walk down the street with a sense of dignity. They crowd and sing, Hosanna! 
They are the band and parade of God, all unpracticed, right? Sincere hope and display of God sees and calls people as messed up and messed over as you and me. And this is why, in large part, the Pharisees say what they say about telling them to be quiet. The Pharisees hate that they're bringing attention to the worst parts of themselves. Let's not have that parade, Jesus. If you're going to have a parade, let it be the parade of the Pharisees, man. It'll be boring, but it'll be all right. It'll take three weeks to get the registration together, but you know, it'll be better for you, Jesus. These folks, they just see you coming. They're taught somebody's yard, getting palm leaves, and they just walking in the parade like they're somebody special, and they ain't. They are the scourge. They're the ones who give God a bad name. And Jesus is like, let them sing. But Jesus invoking this kind of loudness and celebration from these people are the people saying, we are noticed. God is not in heaven and left us. God is parading for the poor people this year, y'all. He is a grand marshal for people like us, sinners, those affected by bad mistakes and oppression and character flaws in ways we can't get right. Jesus is the only Lord and Savior that gives me room to not be perfect, to be on the spectrum somewhere in my spiritual, emotional, and mental life. And we get to march with him with pride and dignity and hope because he is the Savior of broken and sinful people. Hosanna for the parade for the worst kinds of sinners. And with the worst types of histories and abuses, I always dream, what would it be like when we finally in that long line, I hope it ain't long line like the DMV or something, but that long line going into heaven, it's going to look like a bunch of bad people, y'all, because you're going to be in it, right? Uh-oh. People like you are going to be in it. But the only difference is who you are as a sinner will be completely exposed as you come in because he'll be getting the praise for saving somebody like you. So you're going to look a lot like these Hosanna people, right? Like this one sinned this way. This one lived this way. Nobody saw, right? The worst kinds of physical, mental, emotional, sexual, and social issues people, right? God has invited us to be guests of his parade. And we see this, especially in worship, y'all. And why we sing up here, why we walk up for communion and stand up during offering, God has made us and invited us to his parade to be honored as the one he loves, ones he loves and has come for and is Lord and marshal of, that God is proud to parade for those whom Jesus has come to save. And unlike what his adversaries were thinking at the time, Jesus had the right to call and lead and invoke this parade of our souls before and behind him because he came to be the grand marshal of our broken humanity. Look at verse 9 one more time. It seems like verse 9 is the verse. 
Jesus and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Son of David would imply royalty. And God ordained propriety of some sort. And maybe for some, it's saying that this man is God. So not just in the name of the Lord, but blessed be that the Lord himself has come to people like us. I looked up what the definition of grand marshal and grand mar- and a grand marshal is a ceremonial military and political office of very high rank. And for a parade, the marshal is a centrally honored person of the parade and is chosen based on their active participation in the community, their positive impact on others, and the embodiment of the theme. We might be the band and the parade of the broken and, and, and dignified by Christ, but Jesus as our king is the grand marshal of our parade. But to be the grand marshal of people who were poor in spirit and broken in life before God would mean Jesus came to suffer, right, like us and die for us so that he could and we could parade as the redeemed and restored in dignity from and in our impoverished state. Jesus was making a statement here that is easy to miss if you're not familiar with the Old Testament prophetic books, but look at verse 4 and 5 here. And this took place when they put him on the donkey and led him into Jerusalem. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, the prophet um, Zechariah, say to uh, to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And so right after these verses in Zechariah, it says this, and this book was written 500 years before Christ came. It says this, I will... Through this, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. This passage is saying that for Jesus to parade in like he did, he was saying, I am that promised king. Not just of Jerusalem and the Jews, but of all the broken people of the world. And that as the war and political imagery would suggest to be honored as the grand marshal of God's salvation, that means that Jesus come to make war with your enemies, right? The enemies inside and the enemies without. To defeat what separates and has separated us from the love and relationship we should have with God and with each other. And the way Zechariah reads, it is also suggesting that this work by the coming King Jesus will be so powerful that it will destroy and defend and defeat, hear me now, anything of any level power, of every nation, of any power, and any issue and problem, of any power, and that's why we should rejoice and praise him and welcome him into our poverty and humiliation and all the ways we are suffering and living it out and sinning and being sinned against because it is saying this power that this king brings will bring an end to everything sinful, everything broken, and everything bad and set us on a righteous, holy path. But Zechariah says what we see in Matthew, that this powerful marshal of God who comes to bring us victory in this life, now think how crazy this is. All this stuff about we're going to beat all the enemies and we're going to go to war and y'all going to win. And what does he come riding on? 
a non-war vehicle. A war vehicle would be a horse, right? Some kind of steed, right? A donkey. The Bible calls it a beast of burden, not a tank, a pickup truck, right? A Ford Chevy. He's riding on, in on Mater, right, from cars. It's a pickup truck with a gun rack but no gun in it, right? It's just unarmed. This, this was some poor chap on a donkey, right? All humble but having within it, with and in him the salvation for the whole world. Come on, man. He came as he did that day because this kind of power for people like you and me and anyone you can know who are broken and sinful had to come through one who would be willing to suffer and die like you and me. You see, the irony of Jesus coming in on a donkey that particular week without a saddle was that this was the way you'd bring your lamb in, your sacrificial lamb. You would take him, you put him, strap him on the back of a donkey, and you would walk, going to the temple to kill it for your sins. And poor people typically didn't have money for a big-time sacrifice, especially one big enough to cover all their debts and issues. When you pour debts upon debts upon debts, right? Just keep piling up. In your sinfulness, one on top of the other, especially one they had to pay for. So Jesus was saying that day, as the grand marshal of your salvation, I am the Lamb of God for your sins. To take my rightful place as your king, I'll have to die so you can live so you can celebrate, so you can parade, so you can truly cry, Hosanna for the rest of your life. There's another black parade that is probably more famous than the one in my hometown, the one in New Orleans. Y'all know about the jazz funerals in New Orleans, that parade down the streets? And someone who's lived, when Charles and I went to New Orleans to try to eat the city before we had General Assembly, I got real sick. But um, my gallbladder or something, I couldn't hang with 20-something-year-old Charles eating. But anyway, that's beside the point. Somebody, the, I was talking to a police officer. He goes, man, you know how many parades they have in New Orleans? One can just pop up at any moment. They don't even have no registration. People just start jumping the street, start walking, Right? And, and, and so these, these jazz parades, right, I read about it and, and watched some footage of them, and they have what they would call the first line, which is a funeral and family of the deceased, all in black and marching down the street, led by a band with somber music until they reach the burial site. And then when it is, when it is done, they have what they call the second line which is when they march and parade down the street, still in black, but other people joining now with joyful dancing and singing and celebration, and folks just join in from the neighborhoods and streets and parading in as well. God is calling us to a black parade in Jesus' coming. And he's calling us to live and experience the two lines of the gospel. That the first line, we are sinners. And the second line, Jesus came to make sons and daughters out of sinners. That Jesus took and experienced and accepted us as we are, deceased, dead in our sin, in the first line of our lives, 
so that we can live life marching and parading of the new life of the second line where we declare because he came and died our poverty metaphorically and really does not define us and determine our ultimate relation with God in Christ. I am a new creation. I am important to God and others and this world. Hosanna, praise God for taking the first line. Hosanna for the life we now live in the second line. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now we parade, right, every day through life, in our jobs, in our schools, in our relationships, living the, the black parade, right? Living the story of the first and second lines with Jesus as the grand marshal, having died and battled and won for us as Lord, like in New Orleans and even back home in Charleston. The communities we find ourselves in as people of God should be filled with the parade of those who declare, I was a sinner and Jesus saved me, not because I was good, not because I had my stuff together, not because I knew the Bible real well, not because I went to theology school. He came and saved me because he loved broken people like me. That is my story. That is my song. I'm parading, singing Hosanna. This is my prayer life, Hosanna, right? This is my everyday getting up in the morning, Hosanna. Save, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And please, people of this world, join in. Join into this parade. And we as the people of God need to lead this parade of broken people who have a loving and merciful Savior in Christ Jesus. Our lives every day should sing Hosanna in the black parade of his grace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Oh, so many of us are forgotten in so many ways, and we have forgotten so much. Lord, we struggle with the same sins we did yesterday and six, seven years ago. There's so many things that make us think, don't get in, don't get in that parade. There's so many things in our guilt and struggles. There's so many ways we're broken, we're afraid to confess. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, blow within us. Blow through our communities, Lord. Come through like Jesus did, Lord. Present to us the gospel fresh and new. Let it march down center street of our hearts so that we can finally, some of us, for the first time in years, for the first time ever, some of us who don't even know Christ, can cry out, Hosanna, I didn't know that he could care for somebody like me. I thought I had to be that kind of person. Help us to bring what we are and who we aren't to you. And we will know that you're all we need. Do this for us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.